This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the tune in radio app. And I'm Lawson Walters, and that's Jasmine Bell, and Hello. Melvin is here as well. I'm not going to pretend. Uh, uh, gonna, I'm not going to try and pronounce your last name. And we're all, we're I was all waiting here. For it. And, we, <laughs> and we have come to the Encounter with God section where we do a Bible study. But before we, we do that, we're going to have another clue for the quiz, which I'm pretty sure I know now. Yeah, Lawson thinks he knows, but we'll see. The next clue is the works of the sinful nature are listed in my fifth chapter. As you know, yes, yes. That, that is correct. That is what it is. <laughs> Don't patronize me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but if you still think you know, yep, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Um, you're going to be in the running to win Anna Beaton's Living Words album, which is mm, amazing. It really is Really good stuff. Mm. What's your favorite song on that album? Because my favorite is Hope, Patience, and Prayer. So <laughs> so you should listen to that album because it's incredible. Give us a call, 1-800-324-843. Um, you'll be truly blessed. Mm. But right now, we are going into our time of encounter with God, into our Bible study. And of course, we've been studying through. I, I, I don't know about the last week because I haven't been here. I've been at home dying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> terribly sick. But um, uh, I'm sure that... Some some of the days the, the Bible study would have been covered. Some of the days they maybe wouldn't have been covered. There might have been some pre-records. That is okay. We're just going to pick up at where our 20 million movement is currently heading, um, which is an amazing initiative that we that we follow that, you know, 20 million people all around the world are studying the same piece of, of Scripture um, on the same day. They're discussing thoughts about it. And, and so we're super grateful to be here with you guys on radio and, and discussing that as well. We're going to be continuing in Nehemiah and we're going to start, we're going to be focusing on Nehemiah chapter 5, but we're going to start in Nehemiah chapter 4. Let's read, if, if, if you guys, yeah, you guys have Bibles in front of you, that's awesome. Let's, uh, let's read from hmm, Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 16, probably to the end of the chapter, you guys can take a, a couple verses each and, and go back and forth between you, and um, yeah, just, just look at, uh, I guess, the context that chapter 5 hmm. comes into. Alrighty, I'll start us off. Starting in verse 16, it says, So it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction, while the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows, and wore armor, and the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. Those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other held a weapon. Every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side as he built, and the one who sounded the trumpet was beside me. Then I said to the nobles, the rulers, and the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive, and we are separated far from one another on the wall. In what place, therefore, ye hear the sound of the trumpet, resort ye thither unto us. Our Lord shall fight for us. So we labored in the work, and half of them held spears from the rising of the morning till the stars appeared. Likewise, at the same time, said I unto the people, let everyone with his servant lodge within Jerusalem, that in the night they may be a guard to us and labor on the day. 
So neither I, nor my brethren, nor my servants, nor the men of the guard which followed me, none of us put off our clothes, saving that everyone put them off for washing. Mm. So we see here, um, coming back into the story of Nehemiah, they're truly in the thick of building the wall. Mm. They're getting it done. They're like, yep, we're, we're building this wall. Persia's paying for it. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's make it happen. Um, and they're, they're going hard. But something interesting that you pick up on, and especially if you, you read earlier parts of, of this chapter, as we read through here, you see that they're building, and it says that the builders are not only, you know, they have their, their tools, um, it says the ones who carry burdens, which is an interesting way, you know, the, mm. the gophers, the go for this, go for that, the guys who are carrying the, the materials to build the wall um, to and from, they're all, car- the, the interesting thing you see about them is that, that they're all carrying weaponry. Mm. Which is interesting, like you're up, you know, scaling this wall, trying to, to put it together, and you've got your t- tools there, and it's, you know, uh, when was this, like two and a half thousand years ago, around mm. that sort of four, three hundred uh, BC um, mark, and you know, not the best uh, OHS working conditions <laughs> to build a wall. You know, I wouldn't imagine there were too many safety harnesses, yet, these guys are burdening themselves down mm. with while they're building this wall they simultaneously are like covered in weaponry and yeah, armor yeah. and they're like ready essentially why, why do you think that is why what, what is going on here to to make these guys act this way well clearly yeah they really feared attack from the surrounding nations mm. around them to hold in one hand a sword and one hand to keep building that's pretty intense mm. you don't see that happening today in construction around <laughs> the world <laughs> I've seen some interesting pieces of construction. It was really interesting being in Ethiopia because they're like, obviously they don't have OH&S and um, their scaffolds are still made out of wood. So back in the day, it was like, yeah, you'd cut up, they would just like go and to make scaffolding, they would cut up trees and just tie the wood together. And um, we don't do that in Australia anymore because like the government exists and like they would have a (laughs) coronary if they saw anyone doing that. But that still happens in Ethiopia and you just see dudes, no harnesses, like they're hanging off and they're just like bashing Mm. things and stuff. Um, But yeah, these guys are just, they're going, they have, uh, yeah, in one hand, they have their sword constantly ready to go. What what did you have to say about that, Melvin? No, I just thought it's interesting, and I don't don't know if it was discussed last week, but that the people that they were afraid for, they started out with acting as if they were their friends. Mm. So they said, hey guys, we can help you build the wall, you know, we worship the same God. And then they recognize that, no, 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 you guys are worshiping like half right, half false. We don't want to get ourselves entangled in that Mm. mess once again. So we're just going to, you know, build on our own. And then all of a sudden, these people, they just turn on them and they become like their oppressor. And it says that in verse eight, and they conspired against them uh, and to hinder their work. So that was the the groups that they were, you know, prepared for to fight. Mm. And just think, man, that... There's probably some personal lessons we can learn from that. Mm. That we always need to stand on guard. Uh, yeah. Building with one hand, on the other hand, being, you know, standing on guard. 
Mm. Although yeah, I think that's such an interesting, that's a really interesting concept of, of you know, living our life. The Bible says to, in, in particular, um, in the context of evangelism, it says mm. to be as, as wise as a serpent, but as harmless as a dove. Yeah. You know, that on one hand, you're restoring, you're building, you're doing something amazing. But on the other hand, to yet yeah, to be mm. wise and to be, to mm. be ready for attack. Yeah. You know, that's the world that we live in. We live in a world of sin where, you know, when we yeah. have a great controversy going on around us. But I think the thing in this passage, like, not only are these guys, like, they're standing on guard, right? And, like, to the point, it's like, oh, yeah, if you hear the trumpet, like, just drop your tools, like, tools down, like... Our God is for us. Get ready to fight. Hmm. Like they're like, yep, this is this is what you got to do because this is this is hectic. But then, like they, you know, in, we read in verse nineteen, for example, and it says the work is great and extensive, and we are separated far from one another on the wall. That's the context in which it says, you know, that the you know blow the trumpet. Um, not only that, but it says, let each man and his servant stay um, at night in Jerusalem, that they may be our guard by night, working party by day. So neither I, my brethren, my servants, nor the men of the guard who followed me took off our clothes, except that everyone took them off for washing. Mm. So essentially, we see here these guys, again, like... They're like since this has happened, since you know these people have turned on them, they've just been put into a situation of just pressure, just heavy pressure. They have a work to do. They need to get it done immediately, and they need to be ready at all times to fight. If you know, if if these you know, if their enemies just rock up and try to 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 kill them or try to destroy the wall, they're just ready. They're just ready. And I think, you know, but at the same time, not only are they ready, but they're, they're kind of in this area of just being constantly on edge mm. and on guard. I feel like, you know, we go through life sometimes and we have those anxieties of like, you know, those things where we, we know something could go wrong when we're doing something. And it's like, you know, you have that anxiety of, oh, what if this goes wrong? And what if that goes wrong? And you have that sort of gnawing anxiety. It's a very real reality for them. Mm. Ultimately, they're like ready to build this wall. They're mm. like smashing it out, but they have to be ready to fight as soon as it goes on yeah. to the point where it's like they don't even, they're not even taking their clothes off at night. Mm. They're just like going to sleep in their clothes. And what I see here is, yeah, high pressure, stressful situation. And, you know, it's in those particular situations where you see, you know, it's kind of make or break. Mm. It's make or break. You really uh, see... You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Yeah, I, was, I was saying before we had a little break there, you really see reflected the the character of the people and and it's in these high pressure situations that leads people to, to do things that they wouldn't want to do and, and it's that kind of builds, I guess, an idea or, or, or gives us a kind of, uh, yeah, a context for what then happens, what we read about in chapter 5. So we see they're in an extremely high-pressure situation. Their enemies are surrounding them. They're trying to get this wall done as soon as they possibly can. They're on edge. And, um, and then we come into chapter 5. Let's just read the first five verses and go through it. Alrighty, it says, And there was a great outcry of the people and their wives against their Jewish brethren. For there were those who said, We, our sons and our daughters, are many. Therefore, let us get grain for them, that we may eat and live. Therefore were also... 
sorry, there were also some who said we have mortgaged our lands and vineyards and houses that we might buy grain because of the famine. There were also those who said we have borrowed money for the king's tax on our lands and vineyards. Yet now our flesh is as the flesh of our brethren, our children as their children, and indeed we are forcing our sons and our daughters to be slaves, and some of our daughters are brought into slavery already. It is not our power to re- it is not in our power to redeem them for other men have our lands and vineyards. Mm. So we see here like we have this extremely high pressure situation going on and you know the, it's the men who are who are going out there like building um you know this wall and I, I could imagine like you know, I, I just think about my, my dad talking about situations of when he was working away and he would go, you know, you'd be going and working in a mine or working, building some pipeline or something and you go and you work like 15 hours a day um, and your wife is at home and she's like, you know, holding down the fort. I, I, my dad, you know, was doing that work, I think up until like my my second I have like three sisters, two older, one younger. And when my you know second oldest sister was born, that's kind of when it slowed. He slowed down a little bit and, and came back to Newcastle and whatnot. But that situation of like you know the boys are out working, you know, putting in huge amounts of efforts, and then at home um, the wives are you know holding down the house, looking after the mm. the kids and whatnot. And and in those situations, like they because they're making huge money to be out there, like they're really it's really awesome. But at the, that that kind of situation takes a big strain not only on the on the husbands who are working but on the wives who are at home you know looking after the kids looking after the house having you know meals prepared for the husband when he comes home and 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 preparing his meals for for when he's working and whatnot and we see here that like so that that's you know the kind of modern context at least they're earning like a ton of money doing that in the context here of nehemiah chapter five they're like trying to hold off their enemies and like they're being destroyed and they're like just being allowed to do this they're like captives in Jerusalem like a destroyed city and we see here again under this immense pressure and this heavy situation um, that you know at a time where you think that um, yeah everyone is everyone is relatively united but then um, it starts to it starts to go wrong it starts to crumble here and one of the things that's that's happening um, so, you know, the people and their wives, they're calling out that there is a huge burden on them of tax. That's the thing that they're struggling with here. Not only, you know, they're spending all their time, like, putting all this effort into building this wall, which is is not something like, you know, they're not taking time tending their fields or they're not taking time, you know, yeah, like working in their vineyards and whatnot. Instead, they're putting all this effort into building this wall for the betterment of Mm. Jerusalem. They're united unto this. And then they're like, hey, Nehemiah, what's actually going on is like the tax from the king from Persia is so high that we're having to to mortgage our fields, to borrow money from, from foreign sources and to sell our children into slavery. Hmm. To, to, to just to get through um, at the at the time um, you know if we we read in in the book of Nehemiah there was a famine going on at the time that they were really struggling with but the thing that was really really weighing on them was the tax which at the time according to um, some historical sources the Persian government required about 350 talents of silver annually um, from the province of Judah which is 350 talents of silver I can imagine is a huge amount of money um, I couldn't tell you offhand what exactly 
exactly that is. But yeah, t- today, you know, 350 talents of silver would be thousands and thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of dollars. Um, and that's what it require, you know, from each uh, citizen of, of Judah to pay back mm-hmm. um, to the Persian government as, you know, as the Persian Empire was ruling at the time. Um, now, yeah, if you couldn't pay your mandatory tax, um, it would start with mortgages. And that's what we see here, that the, the people are having to mortgage their land um, because they can't pay the tax. Then it was borrow money. And then eventually, um, if you couldn't pay your debt a number of times, you know, if you couldn't pay, pay the tax annually, you know, the first year and then the second year and then the third year, they would just result to, well, hey, the only property which you can pay us with is your life so mm. you would then be sold into slavery and, and and often you know just in the in the context of the time what would happen is that the children who were young and fit would be would be sold into slavery um you know to work for the government like i i just think what what is so what is so interesting here is just the people can't do anything about this mm in a way like they're they're very powerless and they're already putting all their effort and time into rebuilding this wall mm. and you see an outside force continue to come in like like they've dealt with oh yeah you know the the well it goes on to talk about um Sanballat and like these the you know the the Ammonite governors and all these guys who are trying to to oppress them and who are trying to get them um they've already dealt with those guys and they're trying to you know go go ahead and build this wall um yet you know and and very much so they're like doing what God wants them to do mm. right like you, there's no doubt over like oh yeah but were they really in the right place spiritually mm. you know were they really in that were they were they you know doing were they following God's plan for their life like yeah. yes like yes they were they were they were doing exactly what God needed them to do and that's uh, actually often like what we the picture that we would want to be true you know when we're doing God's work he will make sure that the path is smooth yeah. before us mm. You know, it's going to be a nice ride. Mm. You know, I'm a Christian. I'm doing what God wants. <laughs> he, he makes sure that I won't have any obstacles in my way. Mm. But that's so often not the reality of our mm. Christian walk. Mm. Fully. And it, oh, it's interesting, too, that the nation of Persia was the ones allowing them to build the wall in the first place. And simultaneously, mm. they're the ones taking all the money so that they can't live. Like, <laughs> God was trying to use the Persian Empire, mm. and yet it was, it, like, it was still that well, spiritual battle going on. We're going to see in the next verse something incredibly interesting because um, Nehemiah goes straight to the source to deal with this problem. But yeah, we just see this situation of like they're struggling. It's mm. like they're trying to do God's will, yet problems are still coming up. And I think yeah. it's it's just a good reminder to us that, hey, if anything, <laughs> when we're doing God's work, we're going to receive opposition. And they're see, mm. receiving opposition, we can see here, from the Persian government that they need to pay this tax, that, you know, that's heavy. But the thing that's making it even heavier and more difficult, you know, the fact they're building the wall. But check this out. Let's keep reading. Um, read verse 6 and 7 for us. And I was very angry when I heard their cry and these words. So this is Nehemiah talking. Then I consulted with myself, and I rebuked the nobles and the rulers, and said unto them, Ye exact usury, every one of his brother. And I set a great assembly against them. 
So we see here the real, the heart of the issue. So it might be, you know, it gets a little bit lost in, in the language here. I read it in a few different translations and, and looked up the word usury. It says, you know, uh, you you exact usury against our brethren. And what's exactly, so what exactly is actually happening here? Is the Jewish nobles, so those who have been, you know, who have been exalted by the Persian Empire to, to rule over the people who were Jewish, you know, because this is what they would do once, you know, your country was subservient to the empire at the time. They would take people from that country to rule over them. We saw that with the Roman Empire as well, with the religious leaders and stuff. And, and even, um, you know, in the time of Jesus, King Herod. Mm. He was very much, he was a puppet king. You know, the Herodian dynasty, they were like half Jewish, half Persian mm. guys that the, the Romans had set up to rule over them. Yeah. These noblemen here, again, they're Jews. And they've been set up by the Persians to rule over the people. And it says that they, um, they, impl- they exact usury over his mm. brother. I don't know if I should get into this right now because we only have about 20 seconds before we go into a song break. Maybe after the song. I'll give those who are listening some time. If you are at home, you can go, go to the dictionary and look up exactly what usury is. But we're going to see the exact problem as to why um, you know, the, the Jews are in this state and how Nehemiah deals with that. But right now, this is Wendell Kimbrough with I'll Not Be Shaken. God alone, I wait in silence, my soul is still before the Lord. He is my rock and my salvation, my fortress strong, I'll trust in Him. I'll not be shaken, I'll not be shaken, for all my hope is in His love. From God alone comes my salvation, I'll wait and trust His steadfast love.
and trust in Him to hear you cry. No other home will never fail you. No other love will not run dry. I'll not be shaken. I'll not be shaken. For all my hope is in His love. From God alone comes my salvation. I'll wait and Welcome back to Faith FM. We're continuing on with the uh, <laughs> the with show. Usury. Yeah, <laughs> with usury. But before we get into to usury, let's oh, um, do another... Yeah, we're going to do another clue for the quiz. Alrighty. The fruit of the Spirit is also found in my fifth chapter. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> nice. I hope you'll know it by that. And if you do, give us a call. 1-800-324-324. 843-1800-FAITH-FM to get Anna Beden's Living Words. Mm. Just quickly before we continued on, before we got into some usury, <laughs> I wanted to um, use this amazing text from Sharon Knight to be able to just promote um, some of the listeners who are listening and, and, and some of the reasons why we want to stay on the air. You know, we're currently, we're, uh, we're trying to, we have our meeting tomorrow, we're trying to continue the show um, with everything we have. And, and this, is a, this is a cool text that we got in. Absolutely love your show. I just discovered it whilst driving my daughter-in-law's car yesterday. I'm learning so much, but above all, it just makes me want to be a better person and make God proud. Going through a rough breakup and feeling really sad, but I have God, my best friend and savior. I wish everyone felt the warmth I feel when I pray. I just have to think um, of our, I just have to think of our great God and I instantly feel love. I think that's so powerful. That's so amazing. Um, How someone, yeah, you know, God and his love for us has the ability to, to overcome the struggles with different things and, and loneliness that are there. And, and uh, yeah, I just want to um, thank everyone who's been texting in for texting in. And I just want to ask that they keep coming through, just keep supporting the show. Thank you for being amazing. Right now, uh, we're going to continue on with our, with, our, uh, with our Bible study and get into, okay, what exactly is usury? And as soon as, I, as, soon as we uh, <laughs> went into the song break, um, <laughs> Jasmine and Melvin were like, oh, yeah, it's in our Martins. We know what it is. And I was like, well, good for you guys. Um, <laughs> let's tell the listeners what it's, what does it say usury is? It's charging interest. Okay, so there you go. Charging interest. So basically, this gives us an idea of what's happening. The noblemen that have been set over 
um, Jerusalem. They're the ones who are in charge of taking the tax um, for the Persians. And what are they doing um, as a part of taking the tax? Well, they're charging interest on the people when they can't make their payments. Or just in general, they're charging interest on the people for their tax. Uh, So they didn't have to do that. So the Persian Empire was only saying a certain amount. And yeah. then these guys are just like, no, oh, we just want some more money. Well, yeah, that's a, literally exactly what was happening. We see the same thing in the New Testament with mm. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus? Mm. Yeah, Zacchaeus, right, yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, where he does the same thing. And mm. when, he's, when Jesus meets him, he's like, I'm going to pay back everyone, you know, mm. with uh, this, this amount of money. Mm. So he too was doing, uh, at the time of Jesus, this was also something that, that they did. Mm. So, yeah, they, they were literally doing it just to make money. They were, like, had the ability to exploit people, and so they took it, and which is just awful and terrible, and especially considering that these people were supporting Nehemiah because they were government officials as well. So not only they were supporting Nehemiah in the fact that, you know, we're government officials working for the Persians. This is a decree from the Persians. You know, to build this wall is all good. Not only that, but they were Jewish. Mm. They were Jewish. They wanted this wall to be built. They wanted, you know, Jerusalem to be built, to 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 be rebuilt. Yeah. Um, they were like keen for this. They were like they saw the hurt of their people. They were part of the solution, so to say. Mm. Yet, yet because of their greediness, they they continued to charge people interest to the point where they were having to sell their kids into slavery in this wow. already high pressured difficult time they were using it to exploit people and you can imagine why you know it Mm. says in verse 6 and I became very angry when I heard the outcry of these words Mm. like Nehemiah is just he's just furious because essentially you know when um when we see like someone like Zacchaeus, for example, or mm. or, or Matthew, mm. who was who was called to to being a disciple of Jesus after being a tax collector, like it's just blatant dis, um, extortion, yeah. if not betrayal, like mm. to your people, to their cause. Like you are just doing it. You know, you're you're coming in as someone who who is yeah, you're you're one of their brethren, mm. and you're just taking everything from them. It's awful it's terrible yeah. that's why you know in the new testament tax collectors had such a bad name you know yeah. it was uh it was jesus in the parable you know of the he uses the 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 pharisee um and he comes in he prays and it's you know a big song and dance yeah. and it's like he's using it he's making a point that oh yeah the pharisee is someone who's perceived to be incredibly holy yeah. um yet you know he's he's not he's just doing it for the for the applause of men to contrast that so he's like peak you know what people perceive mm. as holy like to contrast that with someone who people perceive as just terrible you know an yeah. awful person he uses a tax collector mm. he's like yeah it's but the tax collector you know those extortioners those terrible terrible yeah. awful people when they come in and they truly repent to god and they and they you know and it gives us the example of you know god i am a sinner have mercy on me mm. when those guys really repent it doesn't matter. Yeah. Even if they're a tax collector, mm. they can receive forgiveness. And so, like, these people are, yeah, just at the height of extortion, just at the yeah. height of terribleness, selling out their people um, mm. in, the pos- in, like, the worst possible time, like, when yeah. they need it the most, when they need the support of the kingdom the most. And they have it through Nehemiah. They have it through the king of Persia, basically. It was Nehemiah himself who went to the king and said, like, hey, mm. like, help us rebuild the wall. Like, they have all the support, yet they're being hindered by their own people. Yeah. Mm. It's 
awful. And in the, yeah, awful. in the next verse, Nehemiah confronts them about it, and hmm. you hear exactly what they have to say about why they're doing that. In verse 8 it says, And I said to them, According to our ability, we have redeemed our Jewish brethren who were sold into nations. Now indeed, will you even sell your brethren, or should they be sold to us? And they respond with, Then they were silenced and found nothing to say. Yeah, they were just convicted. They were just guilty. They were just like... Yeah, we are terrible people. Like yeah. that—that that was their only response. Like, the, and I love the—I love the point that that Nehemiah makes. He's like, okay, now that we've been redeemed, like we're not under slavery anymore. You, what are you going to sell us back into slavery? Mm. Like you're awful. <laughs> like mm. like <laughs> you're being terrible, terrible people. And um, you know, I think it's 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 something for us. You know, you, you look at these guys, you look at the tax collectors and um, you think, man, how, like, how could you just be so awful and, and terrible? But honestly, it's just sin. Mm. It's just greed. It's yeah. just like loving money. Like, it's just loving things that God, you know, like God, um, yeah, just wants to provide for us and wants to be there for us. Like, we have no need for the love of money mm. at all whatsoever, yet we become greedy. Mm. And it's... Oh, we just see the results of that here selling out the brethren and it's like I don't know I think of sin like this and you just think oh man how could I how could I ever end up that bad mm. yeah, that's what sin does yeah you know that's that's how people end up and it's we just need to we need to be on guard mm. not only like we talked about being on guard from you know the the enemies around us man we need to be on guard from ourselves like yeah, we here the danger came from within exactly mm. it didn't even come from without mm. so that's, it, that's such a good point it's like they had they had come up with a way to deal with the danger mm. the, the, yeah. the the external danger yet it was the internal danger which was which was crippling them at the time like like um yeah, mm. we just need to be the solution in- was repentance <laughs> <laughs> yeah it always is repentance always. <laughs> so that's mm. just one hundred percent where where we need to be, and I, I would want, I want to encourage anyone who's out there, anyone who's listening mm. to the show, if if you feel like you're in that place, if you want to get right with God, um, well, hey, He's calling you. Yes. You have to, man. We we say this all the time. Pull over the car, pray a prayer, give your heart to Jesus, and and come back to Him, and that's what He wants. Um, but right now, this is Sandra McCracken with Almighty God. We have our question of the day coming up in uh, about ten minutes or so.
Would you like to get to know Jesus? Are you interested in learning how to study the Bible? Do you need some support and prayer for what's going on in your life? We have a local pastor in Armidale, Pastor David, who would love to support you. You can contact him by calling or texting 0430-190-101. That's 0430-190-101. Is forgiveness, or the lack of forgiveness, eating away at you? A relationship breakdown maybe, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
Yeah, what is our question of the day today, Mon? Okay, so really great question today. Uh, let me just get my camera rolling here, lit behind the eight ball. I'm still going to blow the jet lag. I'm going to blow the jet lag for everything forever. <laughs> okay, question is, what does smoke represent in the Bible? Okay, so this was, a, this was a clarification question that came in relationship to a Bible study that we had while we were in Ethiopia mm, yes, in relationship to the smoke that enters the temple. And so in Revelation chapter 15, uh, the Bible says in verse 8, the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one was able to enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels angel were fulfilled. And of course this smoke gets a lot of people worried because if no one can go there, no one can go to the throne of grace, salvation has come to an end uh, intercession has come to an end, does that mean that I need to be able to stand on my own? Can I build up enough spiritual strength so that I can bridge the gap uh, between the close of probation and the actual return of Jesus Christ, can I bridge that gap in my own power? Well, that smoke that is uh, spoken of here is actually the answer to that question because this smoke is in the context of the Song of Moses. Oh. The Song of Moses is a song that was sung as a song of deliverance from the Egyptians. And smoke played a critical role in how, in, in fact, it was smoke that you could say delivered them from the Egyptians. And so to cut a long story short, what you've got is this. The Israelites are fleeing from Egypt. The, the plagues have fallen. Mm-hmm. They are fleeing from Egypt. They come to the Red Sea. They are boxed in. They have mountains on either side. They have the Egyptian army behind them. They have the Red Sea in front of them. And they are facing total annihilation. They are about to be wiped out so there's none of them left. And as a result of that, what you find is that God then appears. And he appears, the Bible says, as a pillar of smoke. And that pillar of smoke comes and it comes between the Egyptians and the Israelites and the Egyptians cannot penetrate the pillar of smoke. And then from the pillar of smoke, what happens is that God parts the Red Sea. I'm I'm cutting a long story short. He parts the Red Sea. The Israelites cross over on dry land. They're going to the promised land. Jesus is taking them to the promised land. And then, of course, the smoke lifts. The Egyptians are able to see what has happened. They endeavor to follow the Israelites through the Red Sea. The Red Sea collapses on top of them. They're drowned. God's people are delivered. That's the And then they sing the song of Moses. So that's the context of the smoke. And so if you go over to Isaiah um, uh, chapter 4, you find the same imagery being used here, the same references to the... um, to the to the to the Red Sea experience, but in an end time context. So Isaiah four is an end time prophecy, and it talks about this smoke once again. And speaking of God's people, the Bible says in verse five, the Lord will create upon every living place of Mount Zion. That's His church. And upon her assemblies a cloud and a smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night for upon all the glory will be a defense and it shall be a tabernacle or a protection or a roof for a shadow in the daytime from heat and for a place of refuge and for covering from time, from storm and from rain. And so the Bible says that this smoke is protection for God's people. And so while some people might be freaking out, you know, the plagues are going to fall, probation is going to be over, intercession has ended, God has abandoned his people. 
In actual fact, the opposite has taken place. During this time period, God will be closer to his people than in any other point, any other time period in history. The Bible says this, Jesus says this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that is what is important. It's not important where Jesus is, except that he is with me. And the simple reality is this, if Jesus is with me, do I have anything to fear? And the answer is no, I have nothing to fear if Jesus is with me. He can leave the temple in heaven, he can leave intercession, he can leave all of that stuff behind, but the important thing is that he is with me and that smoke is a symbol of his protection of me during those dramatic events right at the very end. Buried dreams, laid them deep into the earth behind us Said our goodbyes at the grave But everything reminds us God knows we ache when he asks us to go on How do we go
to Faith FM, and we're coming to the end of our show, actually. But we have a few things to talk about before we before we close it out for today. Um, one of them is that uh, someone answered the quiz cor- correctly. Yeah, we have a quiz winner, and that is Joanne from Erina. She got it. It was Galatians. That was the book of the Bible we were talking about. And um, Joanne's been listening to the radio and really loving it. And uh, she wa- she went to Adventist Church for, for the first time five weeks ago. So that's super exciting. We're really happy for you, Joanne. And we're really happy that you are now the proud owner of Anna Beden's Living Words album. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be really, really blessed by that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, well done. Good job. And what do we have for our giveaway? For our giveaway today, we have the Hero of Hacksaw Ridge. Mm. So the first caller in to call 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843, or to text 0491-064-669, will get that book completely for free. It's an amazing, it's an amazing story. I remember mm. going to see, we were talking about it the other day, I remember <laughs> going to see the movie when it, when it first came out, um, and a lot of, uh, what's it, all around Australia, the Adventists got to go and watch a pre-screening for free, um, so we, uh, our church just packed into a tiny cinema, it was very fun, but it was super inspiring, so mm. you'll be very blessed. Yeah, incredible book about an incredible story about a man with incredible faith. We also want to thank Melvin for, for being with us today, for, yeah. for sticking around for the interview, uh, sorry, for interviewing and then sticking around for the Bible study. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just promote again uh, your, different, your different platforms of media. Well, yeah, so you can have a look on the website, thechristianlife.com, and there you find some blog posts and different teachings. Mm. Um, but we're more active now on our YouTube channel, so that is just um, youtube.com slash thechristianlife, super easy. And we upload new videos every day. Actually, uh, right after this, I'm uh, going to go out and uh, do a live video about a very powerful teaching for people who are experiencing tough times. It's a, it's an awesome message. Oh, man. Ooh, Praise the Lord. Mm. That is so awesome. And uh, we also want to remind you guys, of course, tomorrow, as we've been mentioning, is the, is the uh, yeah, there's a meeting coming together, the executive committee, and they're going to be basically deciding the future of radio. And so there's this, a couple of things. If you love Faith Affirm, if you love The Breakfast Show, there's a couple of things which you can do to help us out. Um, the first one is you can send us a bunch of calls and, and text messages messages about how much you love the show, about how it's impacted you. Maybe you have some awesome stories about it. We would really love and appreciate um, you guys' stories. We, we get them through and we're just so blessed. Um, and it really, I guess, helps our, our case of why radio ministry is just such an amazing thing. But secondly, the thing which we would implore you to do, which I believe God would implore you to do, would just be to pray for us. Please pray for us. Please just uh, pray that God is with this show um, and that... Uh, uh, yeah, we can continue on. We're just so, so grateful for the time that we've had mm. um, on air. I, I believe that, I don't know exactly how long the breakfast show has been running, but it's for, been for at least, you know, nearly four four years now. Um, four years the breakfast show has been running and there's just been countless people who have been so blessed by that. So please pray for us. Um, but thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing day. More great programming coming up right after this. This is Santa Beaton. Lift your head, little one Lift your eyes to see the sun 
Was lost. 